0: Hey, let's start with something special right here, man. Let's go. Number one fantasy player right here. Got past the line.
1: Shut up. Know the rules. I just want to say this to you.
0: Right now, best of the game.
1: I know. Hello, and welcome in to the pod after touchdown fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Sam Hoppin, joined, as always, by my co-host, Andrew Mackins and our producer Garner, fellas, how are we doing tonight
0: after week three? Uh, are we still tilting? Or are we past that phase? I, I think now. I think I maybe have more teams that are two and one than teams that are one and two, which is always a good sign. Uh, and it proves, like we said last week, you know, you're never out of it, and so you're one step closer if you won this last week towards. Uh, getting above 500 and securing a spot in the playoffs, especially in Scott Fish Bowl for Sam and I. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Really looking forward to Scott Fish Bowl, both two and one in that league, which is fantastic. Garner, how are you doing this evening?
2: This evening, I'm doing pretty well. Post week three. Not so well. <laughs> it's uh, not the hardest, hottest start to the season for me the, uh, in our league of record. DK Metcalf was my high scorer and also the guy who cost me my win. So that's all uh, that's, how that's going. I
1: that fumble out of the end zone didn't help.
2: Yep. Yeah, no, I lost by, I think, like three or four points. But he was, he was still my highest scorer, which, I mean, it's hard to blame him. But again, if he wouldn't have dropped that, it would have been like an eight-point swing, and I would have won.
0: That's rough. I remember I watching that play and just being like, oh, no, Garner.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> Everyone messaged me and was like, oh, uh,
0: you hate to see it. You hate to see it. You
1: hate to see it indeed. Well, a couple quick programming notes before we get into things. We are recording this on Tuesday night. Obviously, today came out that the uh, the Titans and the Vikings had a couple players and members of their coaching staff test positive for COVID. So we don't know what's going to happen with them. Early indications are that the games for them this week will be postponed. And it'll essentially be an early bye week for them. Um, but it's something you got to stay water with. Make sure you have contingency plans. If you have any of the big players out there. Um yeah just want to clarify that so when you're listening on on Thursday or this weekend that uh, we probably won't touch on those guys as much tonight but we'll start with our kickoff question go into our mental health minute as always uh, do our bitching with the DiGiorno players of the week and then get into our week four preview at least what we know at this point and get into some start set that sound good to you guys Let's roll. Okay, so let's kick things off. And this game is underway. We are three weeks through the season, which is crazy to say. So I think it's easy to say that we have enough of a sample size to have an idea of which players are or are not good. And that brings us to our kickoff question is basically, which players are you ready to cut bait on? I think... There are a couple guys maybe at the end of your benches that you've been maybe stashing for a couple of weeks or some other players that just haven't been performing. But who are some guys that you're ready to cut bait on? Andrew, I'll toss it to you first.
0: Yeah, we may have uh, belabored the point last week, but Carson Wentz, I think at this point, is just you know, breaking my heart. I would love to keep rolling him out there, but he keeps seeing injuries all around him. And there's got to be other quarterback options out there on the waiver wire for you. It's hard to continue to roll them out there. If you played him against Cincinnati, great. Like he had some late game heroics that helped you, you know, get above that 20 point threshold. But now he goes up against the 49ers. And I think he's got some other tough, tough matchups down the road, such as like the Ravens and the Steelers or something like that. Uh, Really tough to start him with any uh, level of confidence going forward.
1: I like that. I know we had him or have him in the the podcaster league we're in so we're debating on what we want to do there so certainly someone that is pretty easily replaceable especially at the quarterback position the guy that I'm cutting bait on is someone I alluded to last week and that's T.Y. Hilton he's got 10 receptions through three great games he has no scores and no more than 53 yards in the game, despite playing the Jaguars, the Vikings, and the Jets, who have all th- proven to be three of the worst defenses in the, in the league. He's currently getting outsnapped by Michael Pittman, Mo Alley-Cox, and Zach Pascal, and uh, he'll just eventually get phased out of the office, offense when Paris Campbell returns. So he's he's one of those players who has the name associated with him. So maybe you try to trade him for something at this point, you know, just not based off of that name. But if you're really, you know, if, if you really need someone in, and you're in a bad spot, then I, I would not hesitate to drop T.Y. Hilton right now.
0: Yeah. Maybe there's a chance you can uh, sneak or with that uh, name value. And sneak him into a off, or maybe it's a two for two, or you're trying to pick up, you know, multiple players, and you're like, well, T.Y. Hilton, like, buy low for the other guy. Um, or you're trying to get some high upside running back who hasn't shown it yet, like a Damian Harris off of someone's team, if he's not on yeah. your waiver wire. Uh, who has way more upside than Ty Hilton at this point? I think it's funny that yeah, you mentioned he hasn't produced at all yet because Philip Rivers is basically a caricature of himself at this point. He's throwing to his running backs and his tight ends. He's throwing it uh, interceptions, just slinging it around, and uh, it doesn't leave a lot of opportunity for uh, a Ty Hilton. So, right. Uh, I think
1: your point that you pair, you know, pairing him with someone in a trade, whether it's a two for two or two for one, is the exact type of way you want to treat T.Y. Hilton. You're not going to get enough for him with standalone value, but, you know, and this, I'm trying to think of a trade off the top of my head, but maybe you trade Josh Jacobs and T.Y. Hilton for someone like, you know, Claude Edwards-Hilaire or something like that um, Mm -hmm. or or similar. So I, I think that's the the way you want to approach it if if you're able to garner anyone that in particular that you're cutting bait on uh besides dk metcalf.
2: Oh no I'm I'm holding on <laughs> to him man he, he's Mr. 17 points right now. He's at like 17.5, oh, yeah. 17.3 and I think 17 points this year for me in half PPR. Um I was looking at TY Hilton and also um maybe not quite as big name, but Jarvis Landry I feel like, again, he's supposed to be the PPR monster and always getting these receptions. Uh, he's at 12 on the year. He, I mean, he's out there 70% of the snaps most of the time, but he hasn't eclipsed six targets in the game. Again, he's supposed to be the dink and dunk, get you a lot of receptions, PPR, get you points, but he, he's just not doing that. They're not throwing it to him right now. So I, I'd be, uh, yeah, I'm not going to drop him, but like kind of like the T.Y. Hilton, like happy to like toss him in a trade and be like, hey, I mean, again, look at his pass. He can do it. He's not now, but he can.
1: <laughs> right. I I like that pick. I think mm-hmm. there are a few players in that Browns passing attack that are useful outside of Kareem Hunt and Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Mike Leone from Establish the Run posted something today about pass rate over above and below expectation. And the Browns rank dead last in that so they are really trying to establish the run and (laughs) not make it so that Baker has to throw a ton so I think if they have the option they're going to pound it down people's throats with uh, the combination of Chubb and Hunt so Odell Beckham is really the only player in that offense outside of the running backs that I would really be interested in rostering. One one other name that came to my mind as Garner was talking is uh, and this pains me to say, but Rob Gronkowski, he is just not getting <laughs> the level of play, the targets that we expected. Unfortunately, looks like the year off didn't help him as much as we would have liked, but he, he he can safely be dropped. There are much better options at the tight end position. Yeah. To,
0: to piggyback on that, I, if you still have Austin Hooper on your team, I don't know what you're doing, (laughs) but I could not have been more wrong on that one. So, uh, may a couple there for me as well.
1: Okay. Well, let's get into our mental health minute quickly. The other day in Chicago, we had a bit of a gloomier day, the, It was cloudy, a little rainy, the temperature had dropped below 60 degrees, and I could just tell that it was turning into fall with winter right around the corner. And today I want to talk a little bit about seasonal affective disorder, uh, which is shortened as SAD, uh, for those who don't know, and just a couple of tips on how to prevent it. I, I know it's something that I deal with each winter, these Chicago Midwest winters can dredge on pretty long, uh, each year. So a couple tips that I want to share. Uh, the first thing for me is exercise. That's really key for me. E- even if it's just going outside to walk the dog around the block, do just like some quick walking, getting outside, breathing in some fresh air. Um, if you can't get sunlight regularly, if, you know, if you don't have a lot of natural light in your home, I'd suggest trying to take a, a vitamin D supplement. That's something I do, Every day, even during the summer, especially since we've been confined to our homes for so long in the COVID pandemic. It's something that I've tried to keep up with. And finally, just get social. I think we we might be might have to get back to the the days of some Zoom chats with friends. I know between the three of us and our friend group, that's gone down a little bit, mainly because we we've had the opportunity to Meet in person under the social distancing guidelines that we have, and now that it's going to be freezing cold out, and we don't want to sit outside, we might have to uh, to go to that. But any anything else that comes to mind for the two of you that you think would be beneficial to our listeners?
0: I think the exercise thing is huge, Sam. Um, I can vouch for that. Like just for myself today, I looked outside. I was cold in our apartment. And I did not feel like going outside at all. Like it also just looked gloomy. So I was like, I don't want to make myself more cold. But as soon as I, you know, bundled up and went out for a jog, like even though it wasn't crazy intense, I felt a lot better. And like, you know, to see the the horizon on Lake Michigan and the how calm the lake was is pretty uh, beautiful, to be honest. So I'm glad that I did it. And sometimes it's just, you know, trying something for five minutes. And if you are still in a bad mood, you can head back to to your apartment or whatever it is. But uh, that definitely, I'm glad I did it instead of just saying like, oh, I'm going to sit inside again all day.
1: Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, again, stay positive. Don't let the bad weather or the snow dissuade you from being positive. We have football and that's all we can ask for, (laughs) at least for right now. But let's change our tune a little bit. We've got some complaining to do. It is that time of the week garner hit the music okay i'm gonna stay in the family of the indianapolis colts and i'm gonna shout out a player from our alma alma mater jonathan taylor i know he had 12 points but he's only had 12 points against the freaking Jets like come on like there are reports coming out that their coach is going to get fired after they lose to Blake Bortles and the Denver Broncos this Thursday but Jonathan Taylor you can't do anything I know your defense didn't help with getting two pick sixes but come on this is the defense that you should be Exploiting
0: for 84 points and not 12. (laughs) Yeah, Um, 84 84 would have been nice. The Colts are a mystery, but you know what's not a mystery is how the Ravens performed last night. Uh, Monday Night Football against the Chiefs. The Chiefs boat raced the Ravens. I could not believe it. Thought it was going to be a shootout. Started Marquise Brown over Will Fuller in a league, and now I have 0-3, so I'm on full tilt. Marquise Brown still got six targets in this game. Ended up with two receptions for 13 yards. I needed like six points from this guy in PPR, and he could not deliver for me. It was a travesty. The Ravens did not show up at all. Total surprise. Could not fucking believe it. Just an absolute surprise. <gasps> God! Will Fuller, I thought your hamstring was fucked up and that I shouldn't be playing you, so I play Marquise Brown.
1: Yeah, the Chiefs obviously held up their end of the bargain. Oh, oh how the turn tables. But... Let's get into our week 4 preview. Unfortunately, we did not do as hot last week with our in and out, so we apologize to everyone who followed our advice Joshua Kelly just absolutely shit the bed. Probably could have put him in our Dejourno players of the week. Christian Kirk unfortunately didn't start and he, he was you,
0: injured, and I don't think we knew about that. So
1: Yeah, we didn't know it about it at the time. Jonu John did okay. I guess did okay for a tight end. Um, Logan Thomas did all right, too. As far as the guys that we were out on, I had Baker. I was out on Baker, which I think hit um, out on the Pats' RBs. But Rex Burkhead was one of the highest scoring players of the week. So I mean, congrats um, to you if you started <laughs> Rex Burkhead. If, yeah, yeah. Like what um, I- Massive titanium balls if, if you did that <laughs> yeah. in the league. Um, a, a little worse for you. You had the Green mm-hmm. Bay wide receivers. Obviously, Alan Lazard had a huge game against the Saints. And Daryl Henderson, who actually played pretty well against the Bills. I'm really excited for
0: Daryl Henderson. Yeah, I'm, ex- and, I'm excited uh, now. I think, to be fair, we didn't know as much about the Cam Akers injury there either. Because he ended up being out. Uh, I don't know if we should have expected that last week. But, um, you know... It goes, I think it goes right into something you mentioned uh, two weeks ago with cornerback matchups. Like apparently the Saints just wanted to take the top off with MVS and they didn't account for Alan Lazard at all. So like MVS didn't produce, but Alan Lazard is, you know, pretty legit. And I think that takes us right into your first in. Oh yeah.
1: I am in on Alan Lazard this week. I think even with... Devontae Adams, uh, if he's back, I'd be excited to start Alan Lazard. I think he's clearly established himself as the number two wide receiver in that offense. The Monday night football game against the Falcons this week has a 58 point over under. And that just seems low. I mean, it seems like it should be (laughs) 78. Um, Obviously, Lazard had his coming out game on Sunday night football this past week against The Saints of all teams, which uh, apparently has a good defense, maybe not, but he had six receptions for 146 yards and a score. He seems to be the Packers' deep threat. He's got a very deep average depth of target, and against the Falcons, it's just a no-brainer. I mean, that team is just giving up points to pretty much every position, but wide receivers in general as well.
0: Yeah, maybe that in is almost too easy this this week for you, but we've we've got to start getting some of these right, right? So we can we can't pick the hard ones. let uh, baby steps, baby steps. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got a similar one because. You know, I talked about this uh, on a Discord show actually on Sunday that Michael Gallup is still good at football, and he was great for your fantasy team last year. He didn't show up the first two weeks, but he definitely did against the Seattle Seahawks defense, so I think that's a great sign. And now the Cowboys play the Cleveland Browns. I don't know if the Cleveland Browns can keep up to like make sure this is a high enough scoring game, but Michael Gallup, for all intents and purposes, is still... The number two wide receiver in the offense. He, he might be competing with C.D. Lamb some for, you know, target and yard share, but I still like Gallup in this matchup. And I'm just, you know, praying that the total team points is enough to, you know, have Gallup be a producer in your lineup. Right.
1: I, I'm buying in on the Dallas passing attack right now. If I can, I'm getting as many pieces of that as I can in redraft because I tweeted this out the other day, but the Cowboys have over 1,100 yards in passing offense, obviously all coming from Dak Prescott and that leads the league, but they only have five passing touchdowns. Dak Prescott obviously rushed a couple in the other week. Zeke has rushed some in. There is no receiver on that team with more than two receiving touchdowns. And I think there's just going to be one of these games where either two of the three or all three of those pass catching options just explode. And people are like, yep, the Cowboys are back. We're, we're ready to, to go into this and, you know, fully just
0: take care of everything. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned the one guy, I think that has two touchdowns, what's his name? Like Cedric Wilson or something or like who is Winston? I'm sorry. Whatever your actual name is like, I don't think his performance is completely repeatable. It's more likely no. to be the other guys.
1: Right. And, and that yeah, to to your point. I think it's it's more a indication of randomness, I guess. It, it's not I'm not really putting it, putting this the best way, but it's more randomness than anything. I mean, he's not getting nearly as many targets as Lamb, Gallup and Cooper.
0: Exactly, it's like it's like when Marvin Hall gets a sixty-three yard touchdown <laughs> for the Lions or whoever or the Falcons, even earlier than that. Like he, you'll see those random performances, and I think this was one of them. So you got so you got to stick with the good guys.
1: Speaking of sticking with the good guys, this guy has not been very good. Um, so maybe he, we're not sticking with the good guys. But my second in is going to be David Johnson. I'll admit that I was. Off of David Johnson this offseason, but he's put together a pretty respectable start to the season. He's currently the RB21 in fantasy points per game. It's helped that Duke Johnson has been out, and I think we should expect Duke to be out again. And without him on the field, David Johnson has played 95% of the snaps and handled 96% of the running back touches which is just outstanding. I mean, that you don't see guys like Saquon Barkley getting snaps like that. So the Texans' schedule finally softens up. They get to host the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, obviously this, this game might not be played, but the Vikings have allowed a running back rushing touchdown in each of the first three weeks. So if they do play this game, then I would comfortably – and excitingly start David Johnson
0: yeah and I think we'll know early enough in the week whether this game is postponed or not too so you you hopefully won't have like a hard start sit decision in that regard Um, Matthew Barry has pounded the table for you know a few things this year and if one of them if any of them I've heard it's the or if I've heard any of them it's that the Bill Bryan experience has to make David Johnson work in the Texans offense so the the volume you said is is there. So you're completely accurate there. I'm going to go back to another guy that I, you know, I wish I was in on since day one, Uh, because we talked about him in the off season. I think I had a little bit of trepidation in in certain areas, but he, I know we have him in both of our Scott fishbowl teams, Sam. So it's looking pretty good. And that's Jared Goff. Now, Jared Goff uh, has had back-to-back good weeks. Now he plays the New York football giants. And, you know, I'm excited to keep rolling him out there. You know, he's not going to blow the doors off, but he may or may not be on your waiver wire still. Uh, And he, if he can get you 20 to 25 points each week, I'm excited for that. Uh, Just him being able to distribute the ball, whether it be through the running game to Daryl Henderson or to the likes of Tyler Higbee, Uh, Cooper Cup looking good last week, Robert Woods, a mainstay, and even even Van Jefferson, who obviously blew up in camp. So uh, I, I like that Sean McVay is kind of making him look good again.
1: So I've got an interesting stat here. This comes from Connor Allen. Right now, the Rams are number one in passing success rate, rushing success rate, and overall offensive success rate. Meanwhile... The Giants are number 27 in passing success rate, number 32 in rushing success rate, and number 32 in overall success rate. Now, obviously, those are those are both offensive stats, but I, I think the Rams are just poised to absolutely erupt in this game. Jared Goff, I think, is in a great spot here. Certainly helps that. Uh, you know, hopefully he's got a little bit more confidence coming out of that Bills game, even though that they, even though they lost. Like to be able to come back from a twenty-eight to three deficit is only something that the best of the best quarterbacks can do. So I was saying before the show, I was nervous to start Jared Goff against the Bills in Scott Fishbowl this past week, but I am ready and eager to start him in Week Four.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't have you know blamed you for. Benching him against the Bills, but this week is seems com- entirely obvious.
1: Well, my other options were Mitch Trubisky and Tyrod Taylor, so I didn't really have any <laughs> Yeah, option. yeah. At least sure. I don't anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to the players that we are out on. I've got a pair of guys that you would consider trap backs at this point. Obviously, trap backs is trivial rush attempt percentage, which is popularized by... Friend of the show, Ben Gretch. If you haven't yet, please sign up for his Stealing Signals newsletter. Quick plug there. He's doing some great work, obviously, less the CBS crew, but is doing a ton of work on his own to help provide a bunch of awesome info. You might even see a shiny little graphic from yours truly in those newsletters but the first guy that I want to point out that I'm out on is David Montgomery and you might think that Montgomery is a good play now that Tariq Cohen is out for the season but the Colts defense has just been a bottleneck for running backs they've only allowed one rushing touchdown on four yards per carry not to mention Montgomery just hasn't been that good he's gotten the workload we like to see and that's what we were excited about this offseason when we we talked to another friend of the pod Mike Tagliere he's gotten at least 14 touches in each of the first three weeks but the Bears have been trailing in two of the three games they've played so he's sort of just gotten phased out of the offense and I'd expect the same to happen in Nick Foles first start for Chicago maybe he gets in on some of those passing downs without my uh excuse me without cohen there but i'm
0: just not excited about him going forward yeah i think this matchup is certainly tough as you mentioned like you know the colts with, with deforest buckner as their nose tackle is going to make things really tough for the bears um so i don't I don't blame you there and i i can't wait to talk about your other out but i'll throw a colts running back into the mix as well uh and for this week in particular naeem Hines. Uh, as we talk about this Bears-Colts game, I think Naeem Hines has been tough because he is so game script dependent. I don't think unless you know that the Colts are going to be in like a negative game script or close to neutral the whole time, then you can't really start him with any confidence. Like He did so well against the Jaguars because I think they were either behind or like in a really close game for most of the time. And, and they weren't ready to just throw Jonathan Taylor into the game plan yet either. Now Jonathan Taylor obviously has a couple of games under, under his belt. They could easily run over the Bears defense. Um, you know, if it's a close if you think it's gonna be a close game, then maybe Naeem Hines gets some more work, but you gotta manage your expectations there. And I, I would be looking for other options if possible.
1: Right. Naeem Hines at this point is just a game script dependent guy. So if there are games with either a high over under for the Colts or uh, a game script that projects, I guess, negatively for the Colts, then I'd be starting him there. But it seems like Jonathan Taylor it, truly just owns this backfield right now. And I, I I'm excited for Jonathan Taylor, even, even though I, I bashed him during one of our earlier segments, but you teased <laughs> a little bit that you're excited to talk about this guy And this player that I'm out, who might be a little controversial and out there, but it's Joe Mixon. Uh, It's a similar story for Joe Mixon. He's gotten at least 19 touches in each of his first three games, so the the volume is there. But Giovanni Bernard is still a thorn in the side of everyone who has Mixon on their rosters. Bernard is still the definitive pass-catching back, even though Mixon has averaged three targets per game. I could... Just see this being a slow, slogging game with very little scoring between them and the Jaguars. The Jaguars, I'll admit, have a plucky plucky defense too. I mean, they, they've played pretty decently against some opponents, at least rushing-wise. So, I mean, they, they stopped Derrick Henry for fewer than 100 yards, which is pretty darn tough to do. So, I don't know. I don't know how you can have... That much confidence in Mixon. I mean, you're probably starting him, but you know, with the guys you have. But I, I'd start a guy
0: like Daryl Henderson over Joe Mixon at this point. Ugh. Joe Mixon is one of the hardest players to manage in fantasy. It reminds me a lot of another player from last year, and his name is Joe Mixon. Uh, <laughs> Joe Mixon. This is the exact same thing happened last year. We thought the He was going to improve this year with the line, with Joe Burrow, get more involved in the passing game potentially. And and I've heard reports that Zach Taylor said, oh, like I realized halfway through last season that Joe Mixon's actually good and, and that we need to utilize him more, but we just haven't seen that yet. And he's gotten hit behind the line of scrimmage more than almost any other running back in the league. So it's so tough, because, and I'll bring him up again later when we do our start sits, but it seems like the matchup isn't the worst matchup, or like that? It's really hard to project this game because they're both like below average teams. I mean, maybe they'd run up the score just in the passing game, but I, yeah, I don't know. I, I completely get it being out on them, and you know, fortunately, I held on to Daryl Henderson in our league of record. So I, or Garner and I, so I may very well be benching Mixon this week.
1: I wouldn't blame you if you didn't. It's all right. It's- It's not easy to start him at this point, but let's get to the last player that
0: you are out on. Yeah, certainly. And I'm going to pick another group of guys like, like we kind of pulled last week. I mean, and and I can narrow it down to one if you guys really want me to, but it's the giants offense. The giants offense is anemic right now. I mean, obviously the jets are like, that's not saying anything, but the giants, you know, couldn't do anything against a banged up 49ers team last week. So I don't expect anything out of this team until I can see Daniel Jones not turn the ball over. I thought this was something he would fix and he hasn't. So it's tough for me to start any one of Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, any of these running backs yet, uh, given the committee. And, And I think last week I saw some stat that all three of the Giants running backs combined for like RB27. So it's not great right now. Um, And and that's all I have to say. I I have to assume you have better options out there. Yep. I'm on board with you here. I
1: I have nothing else
0: to add. Yeah, I think think the Rams, you know, they allowed a lot of points to the Bills, but the Bills offense has been pretty good. I think the Rams defense can bottle up the Giants pretty handily.
1: Yeah, it could be worse. I mean, they're probably the second worst team in New York right now. But (laughs) um, let's... Let's move on. Unfortunately, we're not gonna have any prop after touchdown this week. We don't have the the lines available to us on Tuesday right now, like we normally would, but want to encourage you all to sign up for Thrive Fantasy. You can Use promo code PAT50 when you sign up today. You'll receive an instant bonus up to $20, excuse me, up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. You can download the Thrive Fantasy app on the App Store or Google Play Store or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. But we're going to wrap up the show with some start sit questions and i think andrew's gonna bring us through the first couple ones
0: yeah sam before we jump into our start sits i just want to mention that any you know money that you guys uh pay into thrive fantasy also will equate to a donation to the fantasy football health initiative or mental health initiative which is the gofundme that the three of us have been you know trying trying to promote as much as we can uh just to support NAMI Communicate. Uh, hopefully I got that right, <laughs> Sam. Uh, but yeah, but yeah. every dollar that you guys use to play and Thrive or invest in that first deposit, that helps the charity as well. Uh, the link to donate if you are so inclined is on our Twitter page, at PodAfterTD. So hope you guys can support us there as well if if uh, you feel so inclined or if you're able to. But without further ado, start sick questions. And I alluded to this one before. So it's a, it's a little selfish, Sam, but... Uh, Joe Mixon versus the Jacksonville Jaguars or Miles Sanders at San Francisco. I know we're out on Joe Mixon, but we're also talking about Carson Wentz and the Eagles being, you know, hella bad right now. And now they're playing the 49ers. It's it's kind of a tough decision that I'm, you know, flip-flopping on right now.
1: I'm going to go with Miles Sanders. And this this is really tough. This is really just a gut call. I don't have anything pointing towards him other than the fact that I think he is to, much to my chagrin, the definitive bell cow in <laughs> the Eagles backfield. Not that Joe Mixon isn't, but I think there's a little bit more opportunity for scoring for miles Sanders. He missed out on a couple big plays and I think that gets corrected this week.
0: Yeah, he, he definitely, I would assume sees more high value touches right now than Joe Mixon. Um, So I'm probably going to have to go there as well, despite the matchup. Um, (laughs) I guess I'll move right into the next one. Uh, We talked about Michael Gallup, or I talked about him as an in this week, but uh, Mike Davis also getting some pop uh, in Christian McCaffrey's stead. So Mike Davis is playing against Arizona this week. Michael Gallup against the Cleveland Browns, as we mentioned before. Who, Who are you going with here?
1: I'm going with Mike Davis. I think he picked up right where Christian McCaffrey left off. Obviously not the the same level of talent. I'm not going to try and equate the two, but against the Arizona Cardinals, for God's sake, 38-year-old Adrian Peterson just ran all over them. So <laughs> I, I like the the usage that Davis had in his first start. And I think if there is one Cowboys player that could be left out, it, it's going to be Gallup. I think cooper has the quickest path to to scoring
0: with lamb not far behind hmm, not not a great evaluation of my in there then but I, I do have to agree with you mike davis uh i love the receiving work he's been getting so like yeah. we said i if you started him last week you have him in your roster you paid for him at this point you're gonna keep starting them all right we got some more interesting ones here um Oh, this one's with some rookie wide receivers. So you got Jerry Judy at the New York Jets on Thursday night football or LaVisca Chenault. Uh Everyone loves LaVisca, but he he's playing the Bengals. And like I said before, I feel like this is going to be a hard game to project.
1: I don't care. LaVisca can break any projections. The ceiling <laughs> is the roof for Laviska Shenault. Give me Visca
0: all day, every day. I'm going to go the other way just based on pure volume and the Jets being pure ass. Uh, and that way we can get Garner in the mix here too. Break the tie for us.
2: Uh, this is really tough, but I'm leaning Sam's way with Chanel here. Um, I I feel like I trust the quarterback room a little bit more there or mm-hmm. Minshew didn't have a great week last week. But yeah. plus they like to use Chanel every way they can I mean he's rushed the ball I he r- runs downfield with it they give him a short pass like they, they like using him everywhere I don't think I've seen that Judy yet I haven't seen a yeah. lot of him but I don't recall seeing that so
0: yeah well you know Minshew with the get right game he, you and he share the same name albeit a different spelling so uh thanks for that Garner uh And then I, you know, this week, since I've been given these start sits to create, I I got some trifectas for us because I was just looking through the rankings. Some of these are, you know, split farther apart. And so we might be able to eliminate some guys from this pretty quickly, but I've got three tight ends to start TJ Hawkinson versus the Saints. Who Smith versus the Steelers, again, a game that might not even happen, or uh, again, going after this Thursday night slate, Noah Fant at the New York Jets. Any particular preference here?
1: For me, it's Hawkinson. I think the Lions will be trailing quite a bit against the New Orleans Saints this week, and the Saints have given up quite a bit to the tight end position, obviously, Robert Tanyan this past week. They gave up a a ton to Darren Waller the week before and OJ Howard
0: in week one. So I'm going to go with Hawkinson. That's a good point there. And and you know, I love me some Johnny Smith and and Noah Fant, but but, because they've been seeing some pretty good volume. But I bet that, you know, this is a game where the Lions are going to, again, almost a must win for Patricia. They did pull one out against the Cardinals last week, but I think throwing a lot will be to their benefit. So I'll, I'll stick with Hawkinson there with you. Some more younger wide receivers uh, that had shown some pop last week. So, so interesting matchups here, and I have I have a guess where you're going to go on this one, or maybe even the uh, the second one. Second one will be tougher of these three, these two trios of wide receivers. The first one, T. Higgins at Jacksonville, Brandon Ayuk versus Philly. Or Marquez, Valdez, Scantling versus Atlanta?
1: Easily Brandon Ayuk for me. This this is not Ooh. really that close. He was used as a rusher a number of times. That backfield in San Francisco continues to get beat up. Unfortunately, Jarek McKinnon left with a rib injury. Ayuk is basically the only pass catcher in that offense that's still relatively healthy. So I'm going to go with him.
0: You know, they have to keep getting him involved. And I think he is the sexy pick. But you mentioned the Packers at Falcons over under should be 78, which makes me want to go MVS here. I think he can, you know, get his uh, with some deep shots, especially if Aaron Rodgers is on his game. What do you think, Garner?
2: Oh, man, I really don't know between those two. (laughs) I like them both. I think I might give the advantage to MVS here just because – I don't think Garoppolo's back yet. Not that Mullins did bad. I mean, he he still did really good, but I like Rodgers over him. And again, if the over for the Atlanta game is going to be, or should be in like the 70s, you're expecting a shootout. Even if they favor Lazard, there's no way MBS doesn't leave that game with 15 fantasy points.
0: Yeah, I, li- I like your point there. Uh, and we've got another Packers receiver in this last one. but We're putting him up against some tougher competition. So Alan Lazard versus the Falcons, who I think, you know, we love Lazard even more than MVS. But then we've got Will Fuller versus the Vikings. And Marquise Brown against the Washington football team.
1: I mean, this you said this one was going to be harder. This one was easier. It's Will Fuller. He is the number one op- pass catching option in the uh, excuse me in the Texans' offense. Unlike Marquise Brown, unlike Alan Lazard. I mean, I mean, if Adams doesn't play, then maybe Lazard is, but Aaron Jones is there as well. I am full in
0: on Will Fuller this week over either of those guys. You know what? You made the argument convincing enough. And I'm sorry to our listeners. We are pretty much in lockstep on these, which means maybe I didn't come up with some difficult enough start sits. I swear That's I right. saw Marquise Brown, the highest of these three, in the in like Fantasy pros ECR, But like, I don't know. What the hell does that matter? So, uh, Will Fuller showed, you know, as long as he's healthy, he can get it done. So, I'm certainly starting Will Fuller over Marquise Brown after the debacle, the DiGiorno debacle last week. Uh, <laughs> And, and, you know, if you've got Lazard, try to flex him in. You know, maybe bench Joe Mixon for Alan Lazard. That's a a sexy flex play. Ooh, that's a high upside flex play, in
1: my opinion. I like that. But thanks for coming up with those. Andrew, that's going to do it for us this week. For Andrew Mackins at Andrew Mackins. For Garner at Garther. I am at Sam Hoppin. You can follow our podcast account at PodAfterTV. And with that, the Kick is good.